Chapter 20, Fall 1985, Age 30. Despite Nicky's pronouncement that his dream of mafia stardom was over, Robert knew he would never work a legitimate job. Mafia life was in his blood, was his blood. From the time he was a kid, those he looked up to helped mold him into the man he'd become. They encouraged the tough guy image, including Nicky, especially Nicky. The fighting, the shylocking, illegal gambling, the occasional brutal collection of outstanding debts, all were ingrained in his mind as ways of earning good money. They were also instrumental in hardening his heart. He was not only made for the mafia life, but it was all he knew. Outside of the couple of legitimate jobs he had as a teenager, the only way Robert ever earned money was by doing something illegal. Robert and Angelo Sali walked the streets of their old neighborhood, the full moon lighting their way. Hey, look there, Angelo said, pointing to an old white house with a chain-link fence around the perimeter of the yard. They approached the house silently, amid the muffled barks of distant neighborhood dogs echoing in the crisp autumn air. That's Marcos's house, Robert noted. What about it? See that over there, Angelo said, referring to a dilapidated refrigerator on the side of the house. Yeah, so what? I remember Marcos telling me about his stash, that he hid it in a fridge on the side of the house. Robert studied the fridge for a moment. That's stupid. There's no lock on it or nothing. Tell me about it. Anybody could just walk up and take it. They looked at each other. Robert glanced at the picture window at the front of the house. It was dark. Looks like nobody's home. Yeah, when they're home, they let the dog out. Robert noticed a length of chain attached to one of the porch columns. There was no dog on the other end. Robert shrugged. Hey, if Marcos is stupid enough to leave his stash out in the open and then brag about it, Angelo nodded. Then let's do it. Robert checked both ends of the street and then opened the gate. He motioned for Angelo to go first. Entering through the gate, the two men stayed to the concrete walkway as if they intended to go to the front door. Robert noticed Angelo's steps were sporadic, with a small step or two and then a long stride, all with no rhythm. He looked down and noticed the numerous cracks in the concrete, which Angelo was carefully avoiding. Robert shoved him, causing Angelo to step on the next one. Hey, what? You think you're going to break your mother's back or something? Come on. Angelo cursed him and moved on to the lawn on his right, headed for the refrigerator. Robert checked the front window again before following the other two. The refrigerator was very old. Robert's mother would have referred to it as an icebox. It was dingy white, speckled with rust spots, and only two-thirds of its lever handle remained. Angelo stopped in front of it and looked around. What are you doing? Robert said as he caught up to them. Open it up. Angelo did. The door emitted a slight creak as a musty odor wafted out. With what little light the nearby lamppost provided, Robert viewed the abundant brown paper bags filling the refrigerator, neatly folded and stored on all the shelves. Great, Angelo, Robert said. You got us stealing a bunch of grocery stacks. Hang on, Angelo said as he bent over and parted the bags. After a few seconds, he stood up, holding a plastic bag. He dangled it above his head, its contents glistening in the sparse light. See, just like I told you, Angelo said, unable to contain a smile. Robert slammed the refrigerator door shut. Let's go, he said. Several days later, Robert was driving across town to Stephen's apartment, 
Stephen was a younger guy, about 20, and was part of Robert's crew. Like others, Stephen enjoyed the status that came with being connected to Robert, who, despite his falling out with Nicky, still had his reputation as a tough guy intact. After stealing the angel dust from Marcos, Robert entrusted Stephen with selling the larger portion of his take. In the past, when Robert needed to unload a stash, Stephen came through, proving to Robert that he had the capability of not only finding buyers quickly, he also received premium dollars for the goods as well. It was only natural that Robert would first consider Stephen. Still, Robert didn't give all of it to him, just in case he got busted. When Robert arrived at Stephen's apartment to collect the money, he parked his car on the street behind Stephen's and passed between the two cars. As he stepped up on the curb, he heard a thud. He turned around and looked at Stephen's car. He saw nothing, so he continued walking. As Robert approached the front entrance to the apartment, Stephen appeared at the door. His eyes were wide and he was trembling. As he came out the door, another young man followed. Robert didn't recognize him. Instinctively, he put his right hand to his side, where he kept his three fifty-seven Magnum revolver. "'Who's your friend, Stephen?' he asked, careful to watch for the man's hands. Stephen looked back at the man, who had now cleared the doorway. Stephen shook his head, unconcerned about the man. "'Robert, we've got a problem.' His eyes lacked focus, and his speech was slurred. "'Stephen?' Robert stood within a couple of feet of him. "'You didn't smoke the goods, did you?' No, no, it's... I got your money. He rubbed his nose as he glanced toward his car. You know that guy, Damien, that runs around with Fat Andy's son, Albert? Robert thought for a moment. Yeah, what about him? Stephen looked back at the young man behind him and then moved a little closer to Robert. His voice barely audible to Robert, he said, We killed him. Robert stepped back. What? He was stealing from us. We couldn't let him get away with that, could we? Robert looked at the other guy, who was looking anywhere except at him. Robert ran his fingers through his hair as he began to pace the stoop. Man, oh man, you really got yourself into a mess. He looked around to see if anyone was outside, except for an elderly lady a block down the street, walking in the opposite direction with her little dog. There was no one. Where's the body, he asked. Stephen pointed toward the car. Show me. They walked over to the back of the car where Stephen pulled out his car keys from his front pocket and unlocked the trunk. The overpowering smell of urine permeated the air. Whoa, Robert said, waving his hand in front of his nose. As he and the other man took a step back, Stephen appeared unaffected. As the lid rose further, the trunk lights backlit the silhouette of a crumpled body. Keeping his hand under his nose, Robert leaned in to get a better look. Without warning, the pale head of Damien popped up, his eyes wide as silver dollars and bloodshot, a white extension cord still wrapped around his neck. Expletives filled the air as Robert and the other two men scrambled to get away from the rising corpse. Robert drew out his gun and drew back the hammer, ready to shoot the zombie that once was Damien. But Damien held up his hands and yelled with a whispery voice, Don't shoot! Robert lowered the revolver, simultaneously releasing the hammer in his breath. He nudged Stephen, who was obviously struggling with the reality of the situation. You didn't kill him. He's still alive, Robert returned the gun to his side, walked over to the trunk and helped Damien. Is he really alive? Stephen asked. Yeah, he's alive. How did that happen? You didn't kill him, idiot, Robert said. 
holding Damien's arm. Now help me get him out of here. Without taking his eyes off of Damien, Stephen crept to the edge of the car and took Damien's other arm. What do we do with him? He asked as Damien stepped out of the trunk. Take him inside, clean him up. They tried to kill me, Damien said to Robert, his voice raspy and whispered. Robert removed the cord from around his neck, and Damien soothed the whelps with his hand. Robert patted him on the shoulder. It's all right. Ain't nothing going to happen to you now. Go get cleaned up. Damien went inside with the friend of Stephen's while Stephen got Robert's money. They were smoking outside on the stoop when Damien came out in a blue warm-up suit. He glared at Stephen, who crushed out his cigarette and went back inside. You okay? Robert asked. Damien just shook his head, more of an act of disbelief than to answer Robert's question. You saved my life, he said with his airy voice. Robert shrugged off the comment. Go home, get you some rest, and do me a favor. Don't tell any about it, especially Albert. Damien nodded and then headed down the street.